Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Happy Wellbeing Wednesday. And today we, uh, I'm not going to talk for long to start because this is such a fun, uh, I feel like quite a short episode today, but such great content. Uh, I'm joined by Kevin and uh, Kevin is doing some amazing work supporting veterans and from, you will have seen from the title of this, working with wild animals <laughs> and the stress response, which um, yes, was fascinating to hear about. So in this episode, we're really getting into fight, flight, freeze, what that is all about. And Kevin gives us some really great grounding techniques that we can use when you're in a stressful situation or just generally just to to reconnect and ground into your body. And I am someone who identifies still less so than I did before as an intellectualizer. So by that, I mean, I live a lot of my time in my head overanalyzing stuff, thinking about the past, thinking about the future, kind of worrying. And one of the things for myself I've really been working on is reconnecting with my emotions, reconnecting with my body and being in the present and being mindful. And grounding techniques like those that Kevin shares can be really powerful for that. And uh, as he says, he's all about kind of simple but effective things. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation and I'll be back super quickly at the end. Hi, everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Kevin, to the podcast. So, Kevin, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be fab. Great. Nice to be here, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am a manual therapist, meaning I, I'm licensed as a massage therapist. So I've been doing that for about 25 years. Uh, I work with all kinds of diagnoses, uh, but mostly with underlying the underlying system, the fight, flight, or freeze system, working with the central nervous system. Created a program about 10 years ago where uh, I help people move through stress really quickly. Uh, and I do it by bringing them face to face with tigers. So it's a little different, but uh, it's certainly uh, effective. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds uh, sounds different. And I, and I guess um, I was going to ask you to sort of explain the fight, flight, freeze to anyone who isn't sure. And and I guess the classic, whenever we talk about it, people say, oh, imagine uh, if you were in front of a tiger um, yeah. or like something like that. And I guess that's what you're actually doing. But uh, if yeah, if you could, for anyone who isn't quite sure uh, what you mean by that, could you explain that for us? Absolutely. So first of all, I want to mention there's something called a reticular activating system. And this is a component in the central nervous system. It's actually in the brainstem. And what this structure does is, one of the things, is it brings all the information from the environment, all the sensory information, and it filters it. And it puts it in one of two categories, basically. One is known, and the other is unknown. When the unknown category gets uh, cued, that elevates the fight, flight, or freeze response. So it's basically that primal way where your body says, hey, you've got to fight 
you got to run or you got to stay in place. So it's that uh, it's a very primal um, response. And but what happens is over time is that response gets used so frequently that we basically get stuck in it. For example, if you hear a cell phone ringing in a quiet room, right? You know, you hear it the first time and the second time and, and you actually want someone to answer the phone. Well, that wanting someone to answer the phone or turn it off is your fight, flight, or freeze response. So it doesn't have to be some huge occurrence that, that kicks it into play. It can be something really small. But what happens is over time, when that fight, flight, or freeze response continuously gets kicked into play, it becomes the normal and a, a baseline uh, begins to raise. And so now smaller and smaller things affect uh, the stress response. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, thank you for that. And so when it becomes the, the kind of new normal and we're, we're in that state of maybe being kind of always stressed, what, what, what is happening to our body? Why is that maybe not the, not the best state to, to be in? Well, in the fight, flight, freeze response, you have all kinds of things going on. You've heightened sense of awareness. You've got heightened breathing response. You've got hormonal surges that are coming into play to protect you, right? And so if you're constantly in this heightened state, um, the body is an energetic being. So it requires energy to do this, that, and the other. If it's all that energy is being used to maintain that fight, flight, or freeze response, it can't do all its normal activities. So basically what it does is, you know, you, you think about if you're stressed and, you know, you're at the top of your stress level and someone comes in and starts poking you with a stick, right? I mean, it'll send you over the top. And, and that's basically what happens when it's, when it's too highly set. I think we can all probably relate to that those those days where someone does something that normally you can tolerate completely well and then it just you just kind of flip and you don't know why sometimes so normally normally it'd be fine but just today it was it was too much too far right absolutely yeah so tigers talk to me about tigers because that's yeah so um the program that I started doing I I worked for many years with a doctor who um, would provide free treatments for combat veterans coming back, uh, reintegration work, and just to help them bring that fight, flight, or first down. People that are in combat, right, it's always on high alert. And so when they come back into society, people wonder, well, why can't you just come back in? Well, it's because they've been set so high. So I had the opportunity to work with him for many years. And long story short, um, I also worked with a lot of the therapists. One therapist at one point uh, had, uh, had me working hands-on with wolves. And in this occurrence, what I, what I found was when my energy elevated, the wolves would react by coming and growling and bumping. I was challenging the hierarchical situation. But when I lowered my energy level and just grounded myself, which I'll be referring to, um, the wolves would just walk away. It was like I was part of their environment and no longer a threat. So long story short, again, I ended up uh, at a rescue animal sanctuary here locally, and she has tons of animals. They've all been brought 
to the sanctuary for a place to live forever. Uh, most of them came from very adverse situations. And I had the opportunity uh, to begin volunteering there. And I asked her, uh, told her about this program that I was planning uh, to work free with combat vets and asked her if it was something I could do. It turns out her father was a Vietnam vet who had committed suicide as a result of PTSD. So uh, I created this whole um, synergistic uh, kind of thing. They have lots of different animals. So in the program, we work through um, with the different animals. But what I do is someone will show up, I'll have them think of something stressful. I don't ever ask any details, but I help them begin to realize how that stress translates into their body. So um, then I'll have them uh, put that on a scale, one to 10, and quantify it. Um, and as we approach the enclosure, depending on what animal we're working with, the animal will begin to literally mirror what they're feeling. And as that happens, I teach a really simple grounding technique, which I would love to teach you if you'd like. Um, and as the person grounds, they get to watch the animal ground as well. So it becomes a real life uh, biofeedback. They're not hooked up to a computer, but to uh, just the environment around. Uh, the, the, we end up with the tigers. Uh, they're kind of the end game. Uh, because we, you know, it's a it's a building a building kind of um, scenario, but what happens eventually is they're they're right next to a 400 pound tiger and they don't have that fear or excitement because excitement has the same dynamic as fear, right? So if if we can't, my goal was to be able to bring them safely into a place where they could experience that looking at it from the outside, how they were feeling, and then be able to turn it down. And uh, it's been, been quite successful. Yeah, I mean, it sounds uh, fascinating. And I've heard, um, I know in the UK, there are people who do something similar with horses, because again, mm -hmm. they're very perceptive um, of how we're feeling. And if you're not aware of it, you can kind of uh, see it, like you said, that biofeedback really visually yeah. uh, in, in the animal, even if you can't really at first recognize it in yourself but uh, not with tigers uh, <laughs> or wolves or anything like that yeah. so uh, yeah very interesting yeah, so I, I started I did the same work with with dogs and horses with domesticated animals and what I found was especially with horses because they're prey um, they would walk away and you know so then you would have to ground yourself so that they would feel safe with the tigers they come face forward and that was the dynamic that I needed to help these combat vets uh, kind of break that cycle. Yeah, and I, and I suppose if you have a creature that uh, is walking away from you, um, then yeah, I, I guess it's not so much of that kind of fight stress response because they're the one sort of leaving and 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 doing that response. But <laughs> with the with the tiger, yeah. you know, they're ready for a fight. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And it's, it's so interesting to watch them, too, because they're all individuals. The animals are all individuals. So um, they all have bring their own uh, personality. And, you know, you'll be working with one tiger that's just full of love and laying on its back and, and wants you to scratch it. And then in the next enclosure over is a male tiger who's coming into his own. And there's, you know, there's no love there. So it creates a whole dynamic that, you know, you to really be able to 
experience what that stress does in our bodies. And that's, you know, for me, that's the key goal is, you know, you can say, okay, I'm stressed, but, but do you really have a sense of what's happening in your body and where that stress lands every time? Um, I know you've heard the phrase Achilles heel, right? So everyone's got one and it's normally from an injury, but it's really your body's way of cueing you to pay attention. Um, if you're hungry, you eat. If you're thirsty, you drink. If you're tired, you sleep. Those are all biological cues. Stress and pain are also biological cues, but what we tend to do is we tend to go up into our mind, try to figure them out, make sense, get out of them, when really all our body is doing is saying, hey, just come down inside and just, just be present. When you do, that's like eating, drinking, or sleeping. You don't get, of hunger, thirst, get rid of hunger, thirst, and fatigue forever, right? I mean, it comes back. But you can satiate those responses uh, or those uh, longings by, by doing just those simple things. Same thing with stress and pain. By coming fully present in the moment, the stress and pain begin to, um, begin to lower. And that's what, that's what lowers that fight, flight, or freeze response as well. Yeah, awesome. And then, and you mentioned about the uh, the grounding technique uh, that that you use. And um, I would love it if you could talk us through that. But first, if you could explain what you mean by grounding, because again, I think sometimes we have words that we hear and we think absolutely. we know what they mean. But yeah, it's always good to have a kind of clear. Yeah, absolutely. So grounding, if you think about in the electrical circuit, um, electricity runs through that circuit. But if you don't have a ground wire that's connected to something op or something um, independent, what happens is, is that electricity will spark out. It won't follow that circuit the way that it needs to. Take the ground wire off, the electricity will begin to you know, go nuts. It's the same way in our bodies and being on this earth. Um, grounding basically is just being present all the way inside your body. People do, grounding techniques in a million different ways they meditate they run they you know whatever you do that brings you present into the moment and that's really what grounding is because we are electrical beings um if we don't ground right you you know what happens everything sparks fly and, and go all different directions so so if you're you're there in an enclosure with the tiger yeah. <laughs> so we're, working, we're working outside the enclosure, okay. not in with, just so you know. I, want to I was going to say, because yeah. <laughs> I think probably most people, no matter how practiced they are with grounding techniques, yeah. being like right there face to face yeah. the tiger. Um, so, okay, so outside the enclosure, yeah. what can you talk us through in that moment? How, how they would uh, how they would stay grounded. Do you have any kind of grounding techniques you can recommend for us? Absolutely. Um, and why don't I teach you, Hannah? Would you be willing to learn? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, do you have anything there to drink? Do you or do you have a cup of water or anything? Um, I haven't. No, but it's okay. Not, don't, don't worry about it. Uh, how about a pen or a piece of paper? Yep, got those. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, we'll just use that. You can use any item. It doesn't matter. Uh, the reason I usually use drink is because we're using all the senses, all right? But for now, here's what I'd like you to do. Just feel yourself sitting in the chair. Notice your feet on the floor. And as you're sitting there, wiggle your toes a little bit. What that does is it brings your awareness all the way down through your body. So now you're 
fully present in your body and bring something to mind that immediately creates stress. You have something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Zero out of 10, um, quantify that stress. Zero being no stress, 10 is excruciating. Mm, a six, maybe. Okay. And where in your body do you feel that? Where are you feeling that transmission of stress in your body? Mm. But like my forehead, like a tense, okay. tense head. So take the pen and I want you to really feel it in your fingertips. Bring your awareness to your fingertips. Notice the texture, notice the shape, notice the temperature. Uh, I want you to take the pen off and or take the cap off and just listen to it as you're taking the cap off. Kind of tap it on your desk a little bit. Listen to the sound it makes. Smell it. See if it has a smell. I won't have you taste it, but I want you to bring your awareness back down to your fingers again and really notice the texture. And zero out of 10, measure the stress level now. Three. All right. So we literally, how long did that take us? Second. Seconds, yeah. Right. But we dropped the stress level down 50% by seconds, right? Now, I'm not distracting you from the stress. The stress distracts you from being fully present in your body. So all I'm doing is bringing you back down. By wiggling your toes, it lets your body awareness happen. And then by engaging all five senses, then it brings you all the way back into the moment. Now, if you can lower that in seconds, 50%, imagine if you're all day wiggling your toes, taking as you take a drink of water, you're tasting, you're smelling, you're as you're listening to the stereo, you're always engaging your senses. What happens is when something super stressful hits or even a little stressful, you're not thrown off your game because immediately you start grounding and staying present. And so that's the technique. It's that simple. My grandmother taught me this when I was like 12 years old. And so I've done it every day since. Um, and it, it really is just that simple. And so when I teach people this, um, they literally get to watch the animals re react and respond because animals, they're always paying attention to their environment. They have to use their senses in order to exist. And so they're so much better at it simply because they're so much more practiced. Mm. And then I suppose for um, for the, the person in that situation, they can start to tune in and notice what's happening in their body that you're kind of cueing them to do. But then, yeah, they can kind of see that reaction because when they start and they're a, a seven, eight, nine, or whatever on that stress scale, and I don't know, the tiger's <laughs> really agitated and like baring its teeth. And they yeah. might think, because I, I think we can get, um, I think you hinted this, we can be kind of become maybe desensitized to how stressed we are because yeah. we're just in it all the time. And so you might think, oh, well, this is just, I'm fine. I'm just normal. And you've got a very angry tiger in front of you and you can kind of see, okay, yeah. maybe, maybe yeah. it's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that is true. We are desensitized and, and we're also bombarded with sensory input, you know, especially, especially since the internet, right? The invent of the internet. And I started developing this about 20 years ago, about the same time as the internet really kicked in. And so I've noticed over the years, I've noticed how people have changed because I do a lot of hands-on work with people, how uh, consistent that change is and how tight people are and they don't even realize. It. 
right? It's just become normal. And from a macrocosmic standpoint, um, that's really dangerous uh, because you see kind of where things are in the world today, everyone at each other's throat about the least little thing, right? And I believe that that's just uh, a buildup over years and years and years, especially the last 20 years of this overstimuli. And so thinking on a, like you said, on that macro level, on a societal level, I guess, uh, firstly, why is that possibly dangerous? And then what what can we do? Because obviously on an individual level, we can work on ourselves, but what can we do uh, on that kind of uh, larger scale to, uh, to change it? Well, I think, first of all, it's dangerous because um, we lose our sense of reason. Uh, we're not working from, with critical thinking and logic. Uh, we're working from an emotional state. Um, I tell so many people, listen, this is not a Netflix show. and You are not the star of that show, right? I mean, this whole thing is happening. And so if we're not aware of what we're putting in individually, we're not going to see what happens on a larger scale. I think really the only way to, to um, remedy uh, the climb is to do it personally. We're all connected, whether we like it or not. And so here's the, from a, from a physics standpoint, um, I'll explain it this way. There's a phenomenon in physics called resonance. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yeah, I think so vaguely, but if once again, I'll, I'll, I'll ex- just a quick explanation. So basically, um, if you have two objects that are attuned to the same frequency, um, the physics phenomenon of resonance says that if that, if one of those objects begins to oscillate or begins to move, that the other object will move in synchrony with that object. So. An example would be if you have two acoustic guitars in the same room and they're both tuned to the same key, you can go over and pluck the string on one and walk over to the other acoustic guitar and it will be making that same tone, right? That's resonance. Uh, Airplanes, if they don't attune the metal to a different frequency than the engine, it will shake apart in midair. So from from a resonance standpoint, if I'm standing in line at a supermarket, all right, and there's someone in front of me losing their mind, I have a choice to be worked up by that going on, or I can immediately ground myself. Now, what happens if I ground myself? That person, even though they may be in a bad place at the moment, they're attuned to the same frequency I am. We're human beings. We're all built pretty much the same way. So if I ground myself, then what happens is that person can actually feel that. Now, whether they choose to step into that or not, it's it's the individual choice. But if I can put that out into the environment, then that at least allows the space for change. And if not change, a small, slight hesitation that breaks the whatever challenge they're in yeah yeah I'm just um thinking of uh my backgrounds in education and and thinking Mm. about teaching and and definitely seeing that with with young people that the energy that you are sort of putting out is kind of Mm. mirrored back so if you are thrown by a situation and agitated they'll pick up on that um but if you can be calm 
then yes, absolutely. Even if they are quite upset or agitated, they sort of come down to uh, to your level. And I always, <laughs> I was teaching, if I was in a sort of um, tired or a slightly grumpier state, I always made a point of saying it and making it conscious so they were kind of aware of it. So I guess then they're not picking up so much on my energy because it's kind of brought to their attention and they can choose not to also become grumpy just because I'm tired. <laughs> well, and also kids are, are, are sponges, right? And so if we make that, that's so good of you to do, because if we make that known and we're honest about it, then they don't take it on as their own. Like maybe I did something to make her grumpy. And, and, that, and that really goes beyond just kids, right? I mean, it, it goes into whole society. So well done. <laughs> well I try <laughs> um but but yeah I think it's um it's so true and I guess that's a um something that we can do consciously if you know if you're sat with someone and they're upset you can't make everything okay you can't fix stuff but you can think about your own energy and what you're putting out and that as well as the whole kind of being there supporting that kind of thing actually on that sort of energetic level you're possibly helping them just by kind of grounding yourself and thinking about what you're putting out there. Yeah. I mean, it really comes back. You cannot change people, right? You can change yourself and you can offer that out. And, you know, I want to make it clear that I'm not, when I'm grounding myself, I'm not trying to manipulate anything outside of me. I'm just basically offering this out, right? And, and seeing what happens. But it's so important, I believe, to not try to change someone, right? Because that just creates that same kind of violent energy that's 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 happening anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, and I guess the sort of, um, you know, we can probably all think of times where someone's tried to kind of control us or force us to, to do something we don't want to, and that doesn't feel like a positive energy. So, right. so I think if you're, even if you're trying to put out positive vibes, but the, the underlying intention is negative, I think, yeah, people quite often can, can pick up on that. <laughs> and, well, absolutely. And that's, yeah. and that's, you know, it's funny because I hear so often, well, just think positive, just think positive. You're being negative. It's like, no, I'm being what I'm being, <laughs> right? Um, I, I hear that it's hard for you to, to hear what I'm being, but if I try to fake thinking positive, it, it absolutely does nothing, nothing. No, absolutely. And I think that's something, and I know, you know, this podcast is a mental wellbeing podcast and sometimes I'll say think, you know, actually I don't often say think positive because I quite like just being neutral. Um, yeah. But I think sometimes we fall into these phrases that actually aren't that helpful um, yeah. or that just trying to fix things or kind of wish things away, which uh, it doesn't uh, often really help. You can't just um, think away your worries, if you like. Right. I say it's not, someone who intellectualizes a lot and often tries to think their way out of stuff. Yeah. Well, but that's how we're designed. And there's no, look, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but logic and critical thinking can go so far, right? And we are emotional beings. So, you know, giving credence to that and honoring those, those emotions, fantastic. But knowing the line between the two, I think is, uh, is the most important part. Like right now I'm angry, but okay, I'm going to be angry for a minute. And then as soon as that's passed, let's kind of go in and look at what it was that made me angry right now, the logic and critical thinking. comes. And so I, I think we've blurred that line in society right now where everything is just 
a huge emotional uh, eruption, which, you know, whatever, okay, that's where we are. Um, but if we don't recognize that that's what hap- what's happening, I-, I think we're in for a world of hurt. That's mm, kind of a <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yay, word of hurt. <laughs> but, you know, I, I believe also, um, I believe also that, that we are beginning to recognize it. I mean, I believe that there's enough people that are staying back going, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right. You know, this doesn't feel good. I don't think it's impossible. And I think it's a necessary step in evolution, right? I mean, I really do believe it, even though it's painful in so many ways right now at this time, I believe in the law of polarity. So universal truth says that, um, that, that there is a continuum and on that continuum, whatever subject you're thinking about, you, you see it on a polarity scale, right? It's either this way or it's this way. Right now, I think we're at this polarity scale, but the pendulum always swings back. So that being said, as crappy as it is right now, man, this pendulum swing coming back is gonna be great. And I believe that, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So before I move on to my set questions, I wonder if you have a final thought around around stress, um, around anything that, like that that you'd like to share with us. Just begin to recognize when you're stressed. That's it. Um, it's, it's not complicated. Just what I showed you. When you begin to get stressed, let that be your cue, right? Recognize, hey, that, hey my body's cueing me. And if you can't do anything else, wiggle your toes because that brings you all the way back down into your body. It doesn't, this technique doesn't make the, the stressful object or situation go away. It just helps you navigate with more ease. There's something I um, heard or listened to recently, and uh, it was along those lines that you can't change the thing, but you can change your relationship with it. Yep. So you can't change whatever's that source of stress, but you're changing your relationship with it by coming back into. Right your body and I, and I love how simple the wiggling your toes is because you could do it anywhere so you're in the, the shopping queue um you're feeling stressed wiggle your toes no one knows you're doing it but uh yeah yeah, yeah it's a quick way i i've heard so many meditation techniques and this and that but we live in a fast-paced world right so what this does is it gives you something you can do right now you don't have to be practiced at it you don't have to sit on a high top mountain with weird clothes and chant. Yeah, it's just right now in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have some set questions I'd love to hear your, uh, your views on. And the first one is, what brings you joy in your life? My daughter, for sure. She's 10 years old. Uh, just watching her grow and expand, um, being able to teach her these things that I'm teaching you and watching how that makes her life easier doesn't mean it's easy, but it makes her life easier. And so it absolutely um, concretes uh, what I've always known to be true, uh, but watching her develop. So she and my wife together bring me a of joy. Awesome. And then my, my next question is, what makes life meaningful for you? Um, having a message to be able to serve, right? Being, just being able to teach you this. What if this changes your whole perception on a day? You know what I mean? So just being able to put that out and be of service from knowing that um, the potential, our potential is great. 
And um, that's very meaningful to me. Mm, yeah, awesome. And I, yeah, I absolutely resonate with the kind of the service. That's definitely yeah, yeah. something for, for me as well. Uh, so my next question or my next two questions are around mental wellness and mental well-being, which is our kind of overarching uh, topic on the podcast. So the first is what does mental wellness mean to you? Uh, authenticity, uh, being able to be authentic about where you are with yourself, um, maybe not necessarily to others, but if you can be that way with yourself, that's that's true mental awareness, uh, wellness in my opinion. Yeah, I love that because I think sometimes, with particularly with authenticity, we worry about the kind of external being authentic and what other yeah. people, how other people see us and think of us. But yeah, just focusing about being it with ourselves and yeah, being. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so then my follow up is for yourself. How do you uh, how do you do that for yourself? How do you look after your mental well being? Ah, oh, I surf. That's that's my that's my big thing. Um, uh, I, just, I got my motorcycle running last night. I hand I hang out with the animals. Um, those are my those are my things that keep me grounded. Uh, anything in nature, uh, it doesn't matter what it is in nature, and it could be a stormy day that brings me total mental wellness. Awesome, thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, so the next question, sometimes a bit of a challenge, uh, is can you describe your mindset? Can I describe my mindset? It's a good question. Um, I don't think it's um, set. I think it works on a continuum. Uh, I think my mindset uh, travels that continuum because of my past and because of my consideration of the future. Um, and it also changes as me as an individual, me as a father, me as a husband, me as a practitioner. Um, I think it's always in flux, uh, but I would hope that I do have the base mindset of staying grounded. I, I hope that that's my hope. <laughs> my daughter and uh, wife may, may have different <laughs> opinions about that, but that is my hope is to always, uh, always work from that grounded place. And I guess the thing with the continuum is uh... Yeah, sometimes you're more grounded than others. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and that's life. Awesome. Yeah. And so my next question, we, we um, like to leave people with uh, some ideas of, of things that they can try out. And I know the grounding was already fab that people can, can absolutely try. But do you have a uh, top one to three tips that you can leave us with that you'd recommend that we, we try in our lives? Uh, yeah, definitely the grounding, wiggling the toes. Uh, I try to keep things really simple, right? Um, let yourself notice your body, right? Let yourself be fully aware and fully present of your body, whether you like what you're being aware of or not. Uh, just let yourself be aware of that. And also um, pay attention to what's happening in your surroundings. Uh, watch how people react and respond to things, not necessarily to what you're saying or doing, but just in society, kind of watch the reaction. I think the more awareness we bring to every situation, um, again, the more authentic we can be, not only with ourselves, but with everyone else. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I love any excuse to people watch. Yes, yeah, so. me too. Well, there is it may be a bit harder at the moment because it's that kind of classic being able to sit outside a cafe and watch people go by and it's a bit 
yeah <laughs> straight yeah, into the moment. Yeah. yeah but um yeah it's, it's very interesting watching yeah watching people um yeah awesome so um my last question for you kevin is uh, where people can connect with you online if they're interested uh in finding out more um about your program uh, where can they find you um the best way is on my website it's www.catalyst c-a-t-a-l-y-s-t refuge r-e-f-u-g-e so just one word catalyst refuge uh dot com um and all my information is on there uh i've got Matter of fact, the grounding technique that I uh, talked with you today, there's a drop down on the homepage. Uh, they can put their name or their address and uh, email address and name, and they'll get a free PDF copy of that. Now, actually, I live in the Orlando area, had a Disney artist uh, rendered the whole thing. So it's pretty cool. And I've written a book that's also the link is available uh, on the website. Thank you very much for letting me share that. Yeah, awesome. And I will absolutely link in the show notes so Thank people can, can find you from there. Thank you so much, Kevin. I've, I've really enjoyed speaking with you and I, I love every, anything scientific, the brain, all of, <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and uh, sharing your super interesting uh, uh, program. Thank Thanks you. so much. Thanks so much for the time. And I appreciate what you do as a podcaster because it allows me to be able to uh, tell the story and help more people. So it's certainly a partnership that I appreciate. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks again to Kevin. And it's been a fun week for me. I mean, I, I feel really privileged that pretty much all of the guests that I've spoken to in previous episodes, I've spoken to and not released episodes for yet, that we have these amazing conversations and um, to have had so many and not to have had some that just kind of feel like, what was that? <laughs> I feel really blessed by. And and I really, this week, we kind of dove, dove into the kind of theoretical stuff a bit more on Monday and today, this, this really unique applied way of supporting people and really helping people to connect and stress is um yeah can have such a massive massive impact in so many ways not just the mental space but physically as well um and so I really enjoyed talking about this and I'm talking about animals and, and how they can help and and I actually have just this week recorded um a fab interview that will probably be out slightly later this year uh with someone who works with horses um not just exclusively with horses also in workshops but again, using animals in a creative way to support people with tuning into their emotions and managing that stress response is something when I was when I was teaching, um, I wanted to one of my ideas was to have a therapy dog. Um, I think, uh, yeah, animals can be really calming, can really we can learn a lot. I think um, I think about my my dog, my pup pup, who He's very chilled sometimes, a little bit stubborn and grumpy, so not quite the right temperament for a therapy dog, unfortunately. And to be honest, way too lazy because he spends most of his time sleeping if he's not demanding food and belly rubs and um, not really a working dog (laughs) in that way. But I was thinking um, about him this week and things that he has taught me and and shown me, and, and he had quite a traumatic um upbringing I guess or time we adopted him when he was nine 
seven, nine. He was nine. He's like 11 now. Uh, time has gone. Anyway, he's a little old man, basically. Uh, and so we we adopted him and he'd been taken away from his previous home. He hadn't been treated the best. And I think, yeah, quite, he had things like he didn't like his feet being touched. And there's, there's some trauma there that we didn't really know what it was. But, and actually seeing him now two and a half years later, I mean, he's still not the biggest fan of us touching his feet, but he tolerates it. But he has changed so much. He is so settled and um, seeing his his character coming out, the idea that, you know, when we feel safe, we we kind of push the boundaries a little bit. We kind of feel like this is a safe place. I'm accepted as I am. So my personality can come out a little bit and I can show those sides of myself that maybe aren't as positive. I can show my stubborn side or I can put my foot down with what I want or not want because I feel safe and secure to do so. And I think it's really powerful to see the impact that that loving environment. And he is so loved and spoiled. <laughs> but to see that impact on him and how he's really just thriving and, and blossoming. And and I guess for me, then thinking about my work as as a as a teacher, my work as a coach, supporting young people, my my work in the kind of mental health space, I think it's just a really clear demonstration that that people can have really tough starts in life people can go through really difficult experiences but if they have that support and that nurturing and that love that it is possible to to maybe not completely heal and let go of all of that but it is possible to get back to um a better place I guess so um I don't really know what my point is with this. <laughs> I think generally about animals and what they can teach us and and something I've been reflecting on uh, this week with my pup. But I think animals uh, in many ways can have positive impacts on our on our mental health and they can teach us a lot uh, if we if we pay attention, if we kind of tune in and and I love having guests on who share kind of creative ways that they work and, and different approaches. Um to supporting people I find it really interesting and inspiring so I hope that you have enjoyed it I'm not saying you should go and find some tigers and (laughs) just hang out with them um but definitely check out Kevin's work um and other and other initiatives near you where people are working in these kind of ways um I really again thank Kevin thank you for tuning in and listening and and spending some of your time with us today it really means a lot And it also would really mean a lot if you've enjoyed the show, if you would rate and review, it helps us reach more people and to share this episode with anyone who you think would enjoy hearing all of my ramblings and the amazing, um, amazing stories that our guests come on and share. With that, that's everything. As always, be kind to yourself, take care of yourself, and I will speak to you next week. Bye for now. 